inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it's going to be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth fighting for. America is worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Make sure you join our one and a half million download strong army. When I say a million and a half, that's individuals. That's wild. A million and a half of you have already downloaded our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio. Thank you so very much for being a part of that. If you haven't, consider it. We're cheap and easy, free. (laughs) And it's good information every single day for you. Now, if I asked you a question, there are certain questions that you shouldn't have to ponder. Right and wrong questions you shouldn't have to ponder. And you can gauge a lot in your family when your kids stop pondering and, and stop stalling when you ask them a pointed question and just get, give it to you straight. Did you or did you not? Yes, I did. Okay, well, thank you for telling me the truth. There's going to be a consequence. But it's not going to be as great as my, as my distrust in you. When you try to talk about shades of gray, well, it depends on the definition of the word guilty. (laughs) It depends on what you mean about muddy shoes. Oh, you mean the shoes that I watched you playing in the yard with that are full of mud that you then wiped down the sidewalk and then marched into our house and wiped all over the those shoes, that mud? Yes, (laughs) we know how kids play, but we're into this game now, this semantics, this progressive semantics game in colleges and universities and it's it's really gross elise stefanik yesterday took a blowtorch to the presidents or the deans of three universities that one might have said were very prestigious schools i would not want my kids going to these schools now mit harvard university of pennsylvania the question is very simple and this is talking about the rise the flood of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Finally, people are paying attention, right? The question is this from Representative Elise Stefanik. Does calling for the murder of a group of people, does that violate your school's code of ethics, your code of conduct? Saying all Jews should be killed should be as reprehensible 
and as vile and offensive and prohibited. I'm going to say that. As going out and saying that certain groups of people in our country should be lynched because of what they look like. But these three college presidents, all coached in advance, they've got the talking points. They know the things they need to drop. They're going to get into that gray area semantics word game. No, no, no. Yes or no. Calling for mass murder. Kill all Jews. That violates your code of conduct, does it not? Please tell me it does. Well, it depends on dot, dot, dot. No, it doesn't. Here's your story. Stefana Grill's Harvard president over students calling for intifada. Rampant anti-Semitism on campus. We have allowed, with all these stupid groups that colleges and universities say, we're home to 74,000 different groups and fringe activist, you know, clans of sock, where your son or daughter can be indoctrinated and find membership in to then go out and terrorize other people. I mean, it seems like that's what it is. Representative Elise Stefanik from New York grilled Harvard's president over students calling for intifada or genocide of Jews on campus should not be complicated. So she just absolutely laces into Harvard University president, Dr. Claudine Gay, who I can't yet find value in. Box checker, absolutely. Value bringer, eh, no. This is a House committee hearing on the rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses. This was yesterday. Challenging that the Ivy League school's leaders answer... Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African-Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? That's what she asked her. Now, Stefanik demanded Gay respond to the answer yes or no before asking the Harvard president if she was familiar with the term intifada, citing multiple instances of Harvard students chanting, this, there is only one solution, intifada, revolution, and globalize the Intifada since Hamas's October 7th massacre on Israel. Now, the give and go here is about three minutes, and you deserve to hear it. We looked at it. We tried to chop it up. There is no cutting up this audio soundbite because you need to hear all three of these presidents, MIT, University of Pennsylvania, and Harvard, struggle to say yes It's against our code of ethics because, no, it really isn't. Go. Dr. Kornbluth, at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? 
if the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? Yes! Directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, <gasps> Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. What? That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Come on, for sister. For the world to see your answer. You can do it. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. Oh, my god! The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. Oh, boy. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. And is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. How? So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard code of conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable Boom. answers across the board. Boom, and this is why you should resign. How freaking dare you? How dare you? Well, if it's bullying, I'm going to go with you're Jewish. You should die is bullying. I'm going to go with that's harassment. I'm going to go with students who are stalked because they're Jewish is harassment. I'm going to go with being locked down in a dining hall as angry pro-Hamas psychos outside the door bang on the windows from the river to the sea. Well, it's all context. Really, Ms. Katanji Brown Jackson, please define the word woman. Well, depends on the context. Oh, I love the nuance of suck. <laughs> and it gets worse, right? Awesome op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today. I know, I've never said that. <laughs> but it's true. And it's entitled this, Higher Ed Has Become a Threat to America. Do you agree? You might after you hear this next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I know you're going to feel like that. After you hear this from the Wall Street Journal, interesting opinion piece that ties in with this testimony. 
where you've got the, the leaders of three prestigious American universities who refuse to denounce anti-Semitism on campus. They want to get into the contextual garbage with you. They, they want to play semantics with you. They believe that they are the intellectual superior of you. I'll take any of these ladies down. Period. Let's get in a room. All we have armed with is facts. Here's the head of the or the title of the article. Higher ed has become a threat to America. I don't disagree. America faces a formidable range of calamities. Crime is out of control. Borders in chaos by design. Children poorly educated while sexualized and politicized against parental opposition. Unconstitutional censorship. A press that does government PR rather than oversight. Our institutions and corporations debased in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and more. To these has been added an outbreak of virulent anti-Semitism. Every one of these degradations can be traced wholly or in large part to a single source. The corruption of higher education by radical political activists. Yes. Children's test scores have plummeted because college education departments train teachers to prioritize social justice over education. Censorship censorship started with one-party campuses shutting down conservative voices. The coddling of criminals originated with academia's devotion to the idea that criminals are victims, not victimizers. The drive to separate children from their parents begins in long-standing campus contempt for the suburban home and the nuclear family. My opening monologue, yes. Radicalized college journalism departments promote far-left advocacy. Open borders reflect pro-globalism and anti-nation state sentiment among radical professors. DEI started as a campus ruse to justify racial quotas. Here we are. Campus anti-Semitism has grown out of ideologies like anti-colonialism, anti-capitalism, and intersectionality. All terms of suck that have been manufactured to run interference for the destruction of America by destroying the fabric of the American family. Without the family, you do not have the community. Without the communities, you do not have the country, period. Never have college campuses exerted so great or so destructive an influence, once an indispensable support of our advanced society. Academia has become a cancer, metastasizing through its vital organs. The radical left is the cause, most obviously through the one-party campuses having graduated an entire generation of young Americans indoctrinated with their ideas. How long after college, ladies and gentlemen, do you begin to realize how wrong so much of what you've learned was? It's only when you're out there. It's only when you're actually working, when you're trying to meet someone, when you want to start a family, you want to do that thing that innately we do. You realize what FICA is. You realize what government abuse is. It starts at school.
Higher education by and for political radicals was foreseen and banned by the American Association of University Professors, which is a celebrated 1915 policy statement that warned teachers against taking unfair advantage of the student's immaturity by indoctrinating him or her with the teacher's own opinions. The AAUP, as it's called, already understood that political indoctrination would stamp out opposing views, which means the end of rational analysis and debate. The essential core of higher education. We need to have support animals. I need crayons and a llama. I can't stand when other people have different views. It's part of the triggered derangement. Did you guys read the article about children from liberal parents? It's in the Washington Examiner. I saved it. I might read it to you in a little bit. A study that looked at the spawn of uber-liberal parents and the, the mental effects of that in their lives. How they need help. Counseling, psychological intervention far more than children raised in traditional conservative families. Why is that? Because in traditional conservative families, the rules are the rules. Parents rule, kids obey, kids grow up, and the relationship changes accordingly. But while you're in my house, while you are my child, it is my rule. Indoctrination, not education. When your college student comes home for the holiday, as I said my son does tomorrow, listen. Listen to what they say, the stories they tell about classes and students and what they've experienced. And you might come to the same conclusion. What are we actually paying for? We're back right after this. All right, so we're going to do a little. Uh, we're going to do a little give and go here. All right, like we said, there were three different theaters in full play yesterday in Congress. You had Josh Hawley in one. You had Mar- Marsha Blackburn. You had Riley Gaines and Elise Stefanik, Jim Jordan. They were all over with these hearings, right? And there's one exactly about the weaponization of the federal government. Do not try to tell us that the government under Joe Biden isn't completely weaponized against the rational, the sane, the family, the faithful and those who cherish freedom. Because if you subscribe to any of those ideas that I just said, you are a threat to the people who suck in this country. They need you broken, addicted, divorced, penniless, angry, and active, and with your hand out so that they can keep raising taxes, continuing to bankrupt our grandchildren and great-grandchildren, to justify their own existence and to get rich off the top. It's all bribery, money laundering. It all sucks. You pay the price in more ways than one. So we've got to talk about it. So Chris Ray, FBI director, he is terrible. Just a spade is a spade. You're going to hear multiple times. Well, I can't talk about that because that's part of an ongoing investigation. You took an oath, dude. We pay you. Speak. Josh Hawley, 2028. Guy's on fire. Here's the backstory. FBI says interviews of priest and choir director were part of an investigation of an individual and not Catholics. Wait, what? 
Wait, wait. The FBI is going into Catholic churches and it's interviewing priests and freaking choir directors because they might be involved in domestic terrorist events. Look, if anything at all, a choir director might be guilty of. It's of having bad tune, being off kilter, no tonality. Domestic terrorism, when our borders are open and we've got all sorts of millions of people from God knows where, with God knows what, who want to do God knows what to this country. You're going into Catholic churches. There's a memo that lays this out. Here's your story. The FBI said in interviews of a, said its interviews rather, of a Catholic priest and choir director were conducted during an investigation of an individual threatening violence who has since been arrested and not, certainly not, a broader probe into Catholics, please. The FBI's comment comes after the House Judiciary Committee and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government released a report suggesting the Bureau has been investigating Catholic Americans as potential domestic terrorists after an FBI Richmond internal memo titled Interest of Racially or Ethnically Motivated Violent Extremists in Radical Traditionalist Catholic Ideology Almost Certainly Presents New Mitigation opportunities. Well, if brevity is the soul of wit, there is none in the FBI. What it should have said is, we are going after Catholics and we need a cover story to pretend that that's why we're doing it. Right? Here's what they did. The committee stated that the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to develop its assessment And the FBI even proposed developing sources among the Catholic clergy and the church leadership. Also said the FBI interviewed a priest and choir director affiliated with the Catholic Church in Richmond, Virginia, for the memorandum. You know what this is, ladies and gentlemen? This is exactly what these Cretans did with January 6th. January 6th wasn't some spontaneous, oh my heavens. It was an insurrection. (gasps) What? You had the FBI trying to infiltrate the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. They went up to their doors. Hi, Mr. Smith. We'd like to hire you and be an informant of ours. We know this as factual truth. This is what they're doing. They're sending an FBI agent into a a Richmond church to try to drum up the story that this, ladies and gentlemen, is a hotbed of domestic terror. Are you out of your mind? Josh Hawley loses his with Chris Ray, the bloviating blowhard that he is. And I've got a series of audio sound bites you must hear. So why on earth would you be doing this, Mr. Ray? Why would you be going into churches? Why would you be targeting the faithful? Is it not enough that you've gone to the homes of pro-life activists and you've rolled in hot and heavy with long arms and 50 guys in SWAT vehicles? To awaken a father and his seven children and his wife. That's not enough. You've got to now get into our churches. How freaking dare you go. Only reason we know this is a whistleblower has come forward and told the House under oath that the FBI went and interviewed priests and choir directors 
in the Richmond area, the, the House goes on to say that the FBI has repeatedly refused to disclose this information. The only reason we know it is because a whistleblower came forward with it. Just like the only reason we know about this memo is because a whistleblower came forward with it. How many other parishes around the country have priests or choir directors been approached? By the way, are, are Catholic choirs now, are, are, they, are they breeding grounds for domestic terrorism? Is this, is this your latest theory? How many other parishes have FBI agents approached priests and choir directors to ask about parishioners? Look, Senator, we do not and will not conduct investigations based on anybody's exercise of their constitutionally You have religion. done so, and your memo sure. explicitly asks for it. Oh, your memo labels traditional Catholics as racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists in need of investigation. You have a list of churches, a list in the memo. You've repeatedly said we don't target churches, we don't list churches. They're listed in the memo. How dare you? We do not. I never had sex with that woman. I never, ever talked to my son about his business dealings. There's no evidence. These absolutes, they're tricky when they come back to bite you, aren't they? Now, I find this somewhat intriguing. Where did the FBI get this information, perhaps? That there's somebody who's a potential terrorist in the Catholic parish of America. One of them. Oh, oh, that's right. They got it from the Southern Poverty Law Center. <laughs> that's a great source, folks. Thank God we've got the FBI. These, this is the police agency of the planet. And these morons are going to the Southern freaking Poverty Law Center of suck. Headline, FBI under pressure as Senate House members seek answers for discriminatory anti-Catholic memo. Republicans from both chambers want to know about this leaked internal memo, whistleblower leak, produced by the FBI's Richmond, Virginia field office that identifies radical traditionalist Catholics as potential racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists. Are you out of your mind? Well, they were tipped off, of course. The Southern Poverty Law Center of Suck. They do nothing except perpetuate garbage narratives that they hand off to the media to run with. And then they give to their elected members of government to spew, to target Joe Biden's political enemies and people inclined to vote Republican. I'm going to go with people who believe in life are probably part of that core. Josh Hawley continues. So Christopher Ray is going to say to you, he's going to clutch his pearls and he's going to say, I like you was just, I was aghast. Can you see Christopher Ray being aghast? by anything i was aghast when i saw that memo we quickly ran in sort of like the memo where um the fbi was being called in to to investigate and put the threat tag on parents who were attending school board meetings you mean like that aghast <gasps> we couldn't believe it happened see if christopher ray sells you with this audio soundbite director this is one of the most outrageous targetings. You have mobilized 
your division, the most powerful law enforcement division in the world against traditionalist Catholics, whatever the heck that means, and you're just told us you, you have not fired a single person. I mean, here, it gets worse. Your Richmond field office, they thought there was nothing wrong with this. The House interviewed the head of the Richmond field office. He testified. It's all here in the public report. I refer you to it, pages 12, 13, 14. He testified he saw no problem with this. He said he thought it was fine. In fact, we have internal memoranda of the members of the field office high-fiving. One peer reviewer, another member of the field office, wrote, I think this is a great product. I really enjoyed the read. Do you have a problem with systemic bigotry against Catholics in the FBI? No. What are you going to do about this? Are you going to fire these people or not? Those individuals have all been admonished, and it is all going Honest. into their... If you would let me finish my answer, it is all going into their annual performance reviews, which has direct impact on their compensation, among oh. other things. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. So the 60 million American Catholics who, we now, who now learn that your FBI has recommended that priests be recruiters and informants, your FBI has gone to... Priests, choir directors, but we're to feel better because you've admonished them for their wrongdoing. You, again, are conflating two different no, things. I'm not. When I am we taking are... your testimony where you said you do not. You said categorically, categorically, you said we do not. We do not go to priests and ask them about their parishioners. You said we do not. You didn't say we haven't. You didn't say we won't. You said we don't. As it turns out, you do. And you kept it from the public. You deliberately misled Congress about it. And the only reason we know about it is because a whistleblower came forward. I just That's fundamentally disagree with your characterization. Well, there's no characterization. The facts are the facts. And I fundamentally resent the fact that you have violated, if not the spirit, if not the letter, certainly the spirit of the First Amendment and use your law enforcement agency against Catholics in this nation. Boom. Go. By the way, the lawmakers, Holly included, called out the FBI's reported reliance on the biased data from the Southern Poverty Law Center, the memo-cited data from the SPLC on organizations it classifies as hate groups despite its own overt political bias and previous pushback from Congress. Trust the experts. Are these the same experts who are telling us that the world is going to end in 10 years unless you start driving an electric car of suck? Kind of sounds like it. All right, don't go anywhere. <laughs> you think I'm hot now? Wait, wait, it gets worse. Voters in the Bronx, they're not having it. Wait till you hear this montage. It's awesome. Next. You know, I'm just greasing you up a little bit here, folks. We're just getting a little little baby oil on the skin, rubbing it in a little bit before we set you up for what's coming up at the top of the next hour. Because there is a special slice of nutcase in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. This is what I hate about this whole idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I believe people should be elevated based on their performance. It used to be, as Michael Schellenberger told us yesterday, one of the four pillars of this great American society, that we were a meritocracy. That what you look like was irrelevant. What you provided, what you brought to the party, was the focus. 
And we address things like bias. We addressed things like preferential treatment. We addressed things including giving women opportunities and opening the door to that. We, we've solved these problems. This is America in retrograde, going backwards, going back in time, looking at each other through the lens of race, um, demanding that other people who don't know you ought to oblige you and call you whatever the hell pronoun you wish. Shut up. Nobody cares. You care because you suck. And we care about America and how your suck is ruining America. This was fascinating. Newsmax had a reporter. And I believe she goes out to, let me make sure, I'm going to double check that it was the Bronx. Yes. So she goes to the Bronx. I don't even know if this gal was was prepared for what she was going to get. One of these things, and I think it's important that we do this. She hits the street. She's got the microphone. It used to be my favorite thing to do as a, as a reporter. Just go get the pulse of the people. Ask them the same question. And then listen to what you get back. What she, what she got back from voters in, the, in New York, where migrants have taken over. Where veterans are being kicked out of their assisted living facilities to make room for people from other countries who broke the law to get here. New York, whose billions upon billions of dollars in tax liability, unaffordable, will absolutely destroy the average person there. This young reporter goes out to the Bronx and asks a question. You know, who, what's she thinking about for 2024? How do you feel? Do you think she was ready for this the Biden campaign is seeing polls coming out saying President Trump is gaining traction with voters of color, even younger voters. I'm going to vote for Trump if he runs because I feel like it was much better when he was here financially for everybody, not just me, for everybody. I'm definitely voting for Donald Trump. He made sure we had money in our pockets. So like everything will go back to how it was. Trump 2024, everybody. Do you think that somebody else besides Biden should be president? Yeah, of course, of course. I'll bring back Trump. Um, we want all we want. We have money. We have money when Trump was president. Minority communities, we're not seeing the improvement. Uh, I, I, there's inflation with everything: food, gas, insurance prices. I mean, you name it. Bidenomics is not working. It's it's just a complete mess. It's a disaster. Especially here in New York City, we're fitting it very hard. You could say anything to Biden right now, who says that the economy is improving, especially in Black and Brown communities. What would you say to him? That's lies. I believe that's lies. Heavy lies on that. For sure. Do you think that President Biden is doing a good job with the economy? No, he's not doing nothing yeah, to support nobody. Biden and his press secretary said that prices are going down. No, that is definitely not true. Prices are definitely going up. I used to go across the streets of Florida to go get me a meal. I can't even get me a meal. Feeling the pain of price hikes is one thing, but the show of open support for former President Donald J. Trump on the streets of the Bronx was very surprising. And it's the sort of thing that has Biden campaign strategists looking very carefully at the messaging around Bidenomics as we get closer to 2024. There is no messaging. There is no messaging. Because it's the economy, stupid. We know that. If you don't have money, you cannot do. If you don't have money, you cannot dream. If you don't have money, you're constantly in a state of stress. 
You don't realize how much peace of mind comes with going to work and being able to squirrel away cash for tomorrow or for 20 years from now or for that family vacation or for the holidays. You know, I, Brock grabbed something and I want you to hear this. There's a reporter who asks Chuck Schumer, look, you guys bounced George Santos. You got Bob Menendez in your chamber, Senator. The dude has been, the dude has been found with half of a million in cash stuffed into his clothes in his closet and with gold bars, which by the way, were, were stolen in a 2013 robbery because they all have serial numbers on them. Gold bars. Dude accepting bribes, I believe, from what is it, Egypt? Nice. What is Chuck Schumer's response about bouncing people like Bob Menendez out of the high chamber? Go. Senate has standards as to proper behavior, and Senator Menendez's uh, behavior has fallen way below that. Way below that. We must be murderers. We kill people. What do you do in the Senate there, Chuck? If Bob Menendez, whose fiance didn't even get arrested after killing a dude in a hit and run accident. <laughs> right? Oh, no, there's no two tiers of justice. No, it makes perfect sense. That doesn't fall above. <laughs> his, his conduct is not more egregious than your code of conduct. What are you guys doing in the Senate? Do you even want to know? There's Chuck Schumer for you, my friends. So if you ever have a question and you're like, my golly, it can't be that screwy, can it? Well, there's your sign. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez swinging for the fences. However, she was blindfolded <laughs> because she lays a major egg as she brings that woman, Fatima Goss Graves, back to preach to us all about goodness and trans love next.